This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, where each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom from the female perspective. Everything from Star Wars, to The Office, to cosplay, to fanfic. It's all right here, so sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. This week, we're going to be wrapping up our comedy episodes by discussing the film Clueless, which is turning 25 years old this year. Which, if you're anything like me, might make you feel just a little bit old. (laughs) But um, before we get into Clueless and have the panel introduce themselves, I have just a couple of housekeeping items to get out of the way. The first one is I am moving. I know, weird time to be moving, but I am moving. Um, So because of that, for the next few weeks, there will be no interview episodes and no special episodes um, on Tuesdays. So, But we will still have the main episode on Thursday, but I just wanted to give you a heads up on that. The other item of business is in June for the month of for Pride Month, we are going to be doing a month of episodes celebrating the LGBTQ plus community. So we're going to be talking about various shows um, and movies and um, certain topics that are relevant to the LGBTQ plus community. And because of that, I am calling on everybody out there to see if anybody might be interested in possibly being on one or more of the episodes. I do have a great panel lined up, but I'm always looking for more people that might want to be involved. So if you are interested or you know someone that might be interested, feel free to reach out to us via Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod or via email at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. And we can go over um, the shows that we're going to be doing for that month and see if you might have any interest or know anyone who does. So feel free to reach out. Okay, so now we're going to go around and have the panel introduce themselves and tell me one thing in pop culture that they're excited about right now. Go ahead and start with you, Carla. Hi, I'm Carla Demis, and currently I am watching, well, not at this very second, but I am watching Lucifer for the first time um, based on recommendation from the podcast. (laughs) And uh, the first season, I will say, eh, but... (laughs) I, I was watching it just to have something in the background. And unfortunately, I'm becoming invested. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> there was my productive social life. <laughs> yep. That's what happens with that. Sh- that's what happened to me. <laughs> that's exactly what happened to me. Because I, I tried to, I watched it when it was first on Fox. And I just watched the first few episodes. I liked it. I liked the character, Lucifer. I liked um, the different direction they were taking him in. But... I just, I don't know, I lost interest and stopped watching. And then I started again when it was on Netflix about a year ago, binged it. And yeah, it, it, that'll happen, especially season three and four. I mean, four is like a perfect season. So yeah, you're. Oh no. <laughs> I'm only like halfway through two and I'm like, oh no, poor baby. I'm like, what? I don't even like this guy. <sighs> what have I become? Yeah, yeah, you'll you'll get you'll get hooked, and I'll be interested to see if you become a shipper of some couples on there. So, 
Oh, that'll be interesting. I'm already halfway there. (laughs) And then we have on Sarah, who this is her first time being being a guest on one of our panels. She was in the episode on Tuesday where we mentioned how we're coping with the weirdness of now and how we're getting through. Um, so Sarah, if you want to introduce yourself and tell me one thing in pop culture that you're into right now. Yeah, I'm Sarah Alder. I'm just outside of Denver, Colorado. And uh, one of the shows that I just finished getting pretty much caught up on is American Horror Story. And I really, the darkness in that show was really compelling but it's also like I really enjoy the integration of the storylines and how they overlap and interact with each other and right now I'm totally obsessed with Sarah Paulson so Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, she's like an amazing actress and I really enjoy Jessica Lange she's a classical art uh, actor and Mm -hmm. Um, so I love the the complexity of characters and the depth that everybody brings to it and Every once in a while, I bounce back to Supernatural. Um, I, I binge watch for quite some time, and then I kind of take a break for a little while because it just I get a little burned out on a little bit of the codependent relationship between <laughs> Steve and Sam. So like, all right, I'm done. I'm done. A little too dramatic for my taste, so uh, just take a break. But um, that is another show that I do enjoy watching. That's kind of pop culture-ish. Yeah, yeah. And and everybody that's been on this podcast pretty much um, has been a fan or uh, is currently a fan or previously a fan of Supernatural. Carla's right. <laughs> one yeah. of us. So. <laughs> She's like, previous fan? No. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I call myself a reformed fan. <laughs> reformed fan. <laughs> Yeah, and and American Horror Story is one of those where it's like it, it's kind of trashy, but it's fun, and you get really into it. And um, and I agree about Sarah Paulson; she's incredible. She's such a good actress. She's really, really good. So yeah, I love just, watching just her the honestly. varying characters that she's played throughout that entire series is just blown mm-hmm. my mind. And so it's it's really really cool to see how everything all overlaps but even back onto itself and how they go back to the beginning i, I don't want to give anything away but <laughs> it, it's a pretty fascinating twisted mm-hmm. series and and it it's like a train wreck you can't not watch it <laughs> yep i agree yeah that's that's a good one and i do have that on my list for future um upcoming shows that will definitely have to cover that series so oh, great yeah. Great. Well, and what, and this is Aaron and what I'm into this week is um, I was, well, I'll go ahead and say it. Um, The Parks and Rec, they're going to have a special episode of their show on April 30th. So the day that this is, this episode releases. Um, And so they're going to be doing it all remote um, and to raise money. I can't remember now who they're raising money for, but I'm just excited about it to be able to see the cast um, I know all of the main people are supposed to be on it, so it'll be really interesting to watch, and um, I'll be curious what the episode is going to look like. I guess they're all going to be doing an episode surrounding the pandemic and how their characters handle it, so it should be really interesting, especially Leslie, watching her handle it. She'd be, I'm, I'm sure she has <laughs> notebooks galore and folders galore with just outlo- outlining how you should be handling a pandemic, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> that'll be really interesting. So I'm really excited about that. And then I also had a lot of fun um, watching Dirty Dancing last night. I hadn't seen that movie in quite a long time. And Lionsgate is doing this free movie Friday thing on YouTube Live. Um, and so it was really cool to be able to watch watch that. So, yeah. And Carla watched it with me. So <laughs> yes. That movie that always, so much oddly fun. enough, reminds me of my grandmother. She was totally oh, really? Patrick Swayze. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like the one, one movie she would never let me watch. I could watch anything else oh, really? in the whole entire house. <laughs> no, that was too risque. that's funny yeah well it was considered like this ooh taboo movie you know but (laughs) okay great great well let's get into clueless um and i'll just ask you to did you get did you see it in the theaters carla i i feel like i did um i remember i definitely remember you know the, the movie poster it was like this huge thing and these bright colors and these super cute girls in super cute outfits and uh i really resisted going to see it mm-hmm. because i was just going through this phase where anybody who was um popular and pretty i was like ugh, trash so i was really resistant to to going to watch the movie but i ended up watching it i think because a friend of mine really wanted to see it so i'm like 99 percent sure that that i did see it in in the movie theater <laughs> Peer pressure. Peer pressure. <laughs> Peer pressure won out against angst. <laughs> and did you fall in love with it instantly? I did. I did. I was completely prepared to hate it, but it was just so likable. You know, there's just this uh, this airy, floaty joy about it that was just irresistible to me. And I mean, Paul Rudd didn't didn't hurt the situation either (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) timeless (laughs) or i should say ageless he doesn't age ageless (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then you sarah did you see it in the theaters i did not see it in the theaters i Mm -hmm. I, and i'm totally speculating on what my my memory is on this one but I think what happened is my mom went out of town and usually like the PG 13 and rated R movies, we couldn't watch unless my mom was gone. My dad was a total instigator. Like, oh, mom's out of town. We watch bad movies. So I think it was one of those things where she was out and about. And I think I might've had a sleepover with my best friend, Jill and, or somebody else. And we ended up renting it, you know, back when it was cool to go to Blockbuster and rent a movie. It was like this whole experience versus just pick it up on the screen. Um, but I remember watching it at home. And at, at that time, I wasn't out of the closet. So I was totally into Alicia Silverstone. And it was mm-hmm. <laughs> it was kind of a, a, a weird blonde obsession. But uh, <laughs> yeah, she was the reason why I wanted to see it. And so it was a way for me to like fangirl about girls without... <laughs> really outing myself and it can be kind of a teenagery heteronormative type movie essentially right well and then did you love the relationship uh, the relationship did you love the um movie right away or i 
I, I remember being a little annoyed with Alicia Silverstone's character. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, oh God, she's so entitled and I was so judgy. And, but I really liked Brittany Murphy's character because she was more relatable mm-hmm. and down to earth, especially in the beginning. Um, so yeah. she, like, I related to her because she felt genuine. She felt authentic and real, um, more of who I was in, engaged with in my own world. And so mm-hmm. it was easier for me to connect with her character. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, you know, I did quite a few polls um, for this movie on our Facebook page and on our Twitter account. And um, her character, Ty, definitely won hands down for everybody's favorite female supporting character. So, yeah, I agree. She's much more relatable than yeah. a lot of the others. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that I definitely saw in the theaters. This came out when I was in high school. So um, towards when I was, I probably was a think I was a senior in high school so dating myself here but that's when I saw I saw it in the theater I think I saw it a few times I was kind of obsessed with it um and I remember it came out around the same time as while you were sleeping so it was those two movies were (laughs) number one for me at that time um and I I agree that um you know Alicia Silverstone's character Cher she would come off as very kind of self-entitled and selfish um but I still really liked her and, and I envied the way they portrayed high school in the movie. Cause I was like, that does not seem like high school to me or at least no. not the high school that I'm <laughs> familiar with at all. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I loved, I loved the music a lot. Uh, the clothes pretty much some of the clothes I was like, I would never wear that, but I just, it was just, you know, it was just a really interesting movie that also, put in my uh, vocabulary a lot of words like whatever we used to do that all the time with the w, you know constantly yeah. so yeah um and then did you guys like uh because as if people don't know clueless is based loosely on jane austen's book emma of course it's set in more modern times but that's what it's based on and i'm wondering um carla did you like jane austen's emma I did. And in fact, like I read it because I had watched the movie and they said that it was based on it. <laughs> Otherwise I probably never would have come within like a thousand feet of it. Um, but I, I did, I really enjoyed it. I could see, you know, where the parallels were, where things were a little bit different. Now mind you, this was a million years ago. So like, I couldn't sit here right now and tell you all of them. <laughs> this is where, where, where Meg being on would be super handy and she would go on for like 35 minutes, just of the differences <laughs> between the two of them because she knows them all so well. But um, but I, I do recall reading the book and, you know, as much as I enjoyed the book, I still liked the movie better. To me, it, you know, it's just more accessible. Mm-hmm. They were speaking more language of the times and um, also just having that visual aid of, you know, where they're going, what they're doing, what they're wearing. It's definitely helpful for somebody like me who... Uh, I love reading and I usually hate adaptations, but I really enjoy um, uh, just imagination Mm -hmm. at play. And and that's part of why like the, the more straightforward adaptations I'm not really into, but this one really, I latched onto very much. Yeah. And, and and you, Sarah, Um, I have never read Emma. And to be quite honestly, honest, I really don't like Jane Austen. (laughs) 
Uh-huh. I, and I think that really has a lot to do with my um, college background. I was went to school, school for a technical writing background, but unfortunately the program didn't really full, fully adapt to what my path was. And so I had to take a lot of literature classes and mm-hmm. it was it was ridiculous. And one of my professors actually was a, had a had has her PhD in Jane Austen. I'm like, how you with that? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's like super specialized, (laughs) specialized nerd, nerd world. And so I get a little bit of judgy about that, which is fine. Um, But I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Jane Austen's work. um, And I think I'm hesitant to dive into it just because of my professor. And it's kind of a cop out, but it's just, I really don't have any interest in classical literature. So Mm -hmm. I can't really pull anything to compare it to. Um, Yeah. So, sorry. <laughs> no, you don't have to apologize because I hate Jane Austen. <laughs> okay, good. You don't have to apologize. I am not a fan of period pieces in general. I find them extremely boring. And so that's probably why I don't like Jane Austen because she's like that. So I have never really been interested in it. Um, and that's why I liked this because it was updated um, it was a more accessible, you know, it was a more accessible version of it for me. It was kind of like what they were doing at the time and kept doing after this one was, I think this really kind of kicked it off was, you know, then they started doing the Shakespeare ones where they would make those more modern, like the movie. Oh, and then of course, 10 things I hate about you was probably the most recognized one that did that. Um, and so I think that became a fad of trying to make things that might not have seemed accessible to teenagers at the time um, more accessible. So, and I, and I think they did a good job from what I know of, I think I've seen one version of Emma before. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm, I'm with you, Sarah. I'm not a Jane Austen fan. I thought I'd be the only one on here that didn't like Jane Austen. So (laughs) So that kind of makes me happy there. (laughs) Um, okay, great. Well, let's get into the heart of the film, the main character, the version of Emma in Clueless who is Cher, played by Alicia Silverstone. So I'm going to go around and just ask a little bit about Cher, your thoughts on Alicia Silverstone's performance, and then also watching the character grow through the movie. So start with you, Carla. I thought, you know, she was pretty much the main reason why I didn't want to go watch it, to be perfectly honest. She just, you know, you, you look at the poster, and again, this is all strictly my insecurities and my teenage angst at play here mm-hmm. but I just thought like she's so pretty she's probably horrible <laughs> and in the movie she'll probably just be really annoying why would I want to bother and then you watch the movie and she's just you know this this cute little thing who is just so uh eager to uh to do what she thinks is right and to take care of the people she loves um and Alicia Silverstone, you know, I wasn't very familiar with her. I, I don't remember if she did the um, the Aerosmith videos before or after. It was before. Uh, but... it was before yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, but I just, I wasn't sure what to make of the whole thing. But once I watched the movie and, you know, you start reading interviews, because it was not like we had YouTube or anything that I could look <laughs> <laughs> but um and in rewatching it 
you just really come to understand a little bit better her approach to the character and why it worked as well as it did where yes she's super rich yes she's very pretty she's very popular but she really is just a girl who is living within her circumstances Mm -hmm. privileged though they may be to her it's not anything special it's just like you know whatever doesn't everybody have a closet that rotates and a computer (laughs) program that helps you get dressed in the morning like how is that not completely normal um so I, I just thought that it was like so well done because there wasn't really a moment where anything felt put on. It just really felt like lived in. It just really felt like this is just a natural um, expression of, of, of being a teenager by a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was perfect. And, you know, there, there's uh, the moment where she's doing her debate on Haiti <laughs> where uh, she says, you know, she takes out her gum and she's like, so, you know, and we can totally party with the Hadians. <laughs> and there's the anecdote of um, Amy Heckerling knowing that, you know, that, that she said it, that if she mispronounced it and not stopping her, not mm-hmm. correcting her, because she just thought it was so natural and just so <laughs> share yeah. that it mm-hmm. completely fit the role. And it really did. Like, I, I just can't imagine her actually standing up there and actually pronouncing it correctly <laughs> and it uh, playing as well as it did. Because you really get that sense of just airheaded living in her own bubble cluelessness mm-hmm. where to her it's like, what's the big deal? Just, you know, rearrange some things and then we could all sit and have a delicious meal together. Like, what's the big deal? <laughs> it, it really is like a very innocent take on the character. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I, I don't, I, I think like a more cynical approach to share or a more knowing approach to share would have been completely the wrong way to go and this uh just this just this girl who doesn't know how, how to pronounce haitians <laughs> was just doing her thing mm-hmm. and it was just so uh endearing to me and that's that that's a huge part of why it stood up so much throughout all these years um i love a lot of the other characters but i really love share she really just seems to just innocently be yeah and as far as as her growth you know like there's there's a lot to be said for a teenager's growth um and in this particular role there's growth in um it's not like a tremendous thing is what i'll say it's not like you know um she mistrusted society and she came out of it like a more understanding person Mm -hmm. she did under she came to understand her own um privilege and her own blindness to her privilege in in in, you know to a certain extent certainly not like yeah (laughs) like anything earth shattering but there is a bit of growth in there and the biggest growth that i saw is uh no longer seeing people as projects and it, it, it was just, it just felt really organic, mm-hmm. you know, to sound very Hollywood for you. Um, <laughs> it just felt like a very organic kind of growth that was also very accessible as a teenager watching a teenager um, come to a realization that it's on the same level as what me and my peers were going through at that time. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't like, like you said, it wasn't 
like she changed a hundred percent at all. It, you know, she just had this gradual shift, a little bit of a shift and got rid of a couple of the self of selfish things. She was some selfish things she was doing or things she was doing for selfish reasons. Um, but yeah, yeah. And then Sarah. Um, yeah, I kind of agree with the, there's a little bit of an innocence, uh, a naivete, I guess you can say that the share possesses. It's not, it's not that she's incapable of learning. It's just like, she has no interest in, in learning that and, and being corrected or being awake in, in reality and going beyond that. I think she only sees within her own scope and periphery that is her and this is very typical for a lot of teenagers is that they're only focused on what is right in front of them not impact Mm -hmm. beyond them or how things are affecting other people etc and and I think that's just one of the the dynamics of being a teenager you know we 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 get stupid before we get smarter (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Teenagers, True. their brains are still growing, so there's not much capacity there. So they have very limited attention span. And so the opportunity for growth is exponential, but they just don't know how to hone in on that and, and really cultivate mm-hmm. that dynamic where they can just, oh, I could be awake and I can treat this person with respect and this is the long-term impact and this is what it means for me as a person. No, we still have adults that can't even do that now. So this, <laughs> yeah. just the fact that, that, like you said, Carla, that she had some sort of like an, just a minuscule awareness of her own reality and her impact and, and the blessings that she has was eye-opening. And if, even if we can get that much out of most teenagers, that would be a blessing. So think that yeah I think her character actually gives people that are stuck in their own reality an opportunity to give themselves permission to experience something different and mm-hmm. kind of step outside of themselves and and I think that really really happened the most when she was in, uh, interacting with Brittany Murphy's character and she just pulled her out of that reality. Like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea. And that's how we learn. And, and we expose ourselves to new things is if we don't d- jump into new experiences, new environments, we're not going to learn something different. We don't know anything different. And mm-hmm. so um, it just, it created the perfect little storm to just push her in a different direction, just even just a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I rewatched Clueless on a couple nights ago. And um, what I'd never really, I think, noticed as much because it was the first time I'd watched it in like maybe 10 years or something. And uh, what you really notice, I think, as you get older and you're watching it is, yes, she's very much a teenager and she has that naivete in there and she's very, you know, she's learning and but she's not growing up leaps and bounds because she is a teenager. So she's still stuck in that. And she's got very much that me, me, me. But at the same time, she is, when she loves somebody and when she cares about somebody, one of her friends, she really cares about them. I mean, the stuff she does for people, you know, and you would watch her genuine joy, like setting up the teachers, even though she did that from a selfish place of wanting to get her grades improved 
at the same time, you could see that she really greatly enjoyed that she that they were finding each other and finding happiness together. And she seemed absolutely thrilled when she caught them kissing. Right. Or, you know? yeah. yeah. So there was like that, that even though she was coming from a place of privilege, that's the big thing is she is coming from a big place of privilege. She has a lot of money, <laughs> you know, she's yeah. living in this huge <laughs> house. She gets all the clothes she wants. So she doesn't understand, you know, what it means to not have that privilege. And I think even though she doesn't completely learn that by the end necessarily, I think what she does learn is how to recognize that in a little tiny bit. Like her doing that drive, the food drive and the clothes, clothing drive at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, even though she's still that thing where she's sorting everything by appetizers and main courses, <laughs> but she still has her, you know, main care, core, core character there. But at the same time, she's kind of going out of her way to do that. And she's nicer to Travis, you know, the skateboarder, she's nicer to him. And, and so it's kind of like she gets this wake up call in a way of, okay, and maybe I've been a little bit selfish um, and maybe I can turn that part of me that wants to do good and wants to help people naturally wants to do that, like taking tie on as a project, you know, which she thought she was doing the good thing, a good thing, when in reality, she was just <laughs> kind of turning tie into a Barbie doll version of <laughs> Cher yeah. in a way, mm-hmm. you know, just a, yeah. So I think that's, that's what she sort of learned is that she's got to be able to focus that in a way that really does help people and isn't entirely selfish. Um, and so I think she just grows slightly, but that was the one thing I really noticed is she really is a caring, caring individual. She's got a really great heart. It's Mm -hmm. just, she's also got that privilege that she's got to, I don't know, recognize. And I think probably of that character, we had watched her grow up and become an adult. She probably would have become even more, um, selfless. So at least that's what I predict. That's something that, that I wonder is, you know, what would... Share be like as a 40 something mm-hmm. you know like what 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 would she be working on um wh- who would her friends be you know like it, it's just one of those fun thought experiments yeah yeah like if she would still be friends with some of the people she was friends with in high school right that, exactly like, like her and ty had, you know yeah. Of course, Ty went off and became this huge Trump supporter. Oh, that's just the actress. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. And I think um, at least what the movie tries to show is part of the reason she changed. I don't think this is entirely the reason is because of Josh, who um, is played by Paul Rudd and who was her stepbrother because their parents were married and then they got divorced. Um, and he of course is in college. So he's a little bit older and he represents that in the nineties, that grunge guy. I think that's what he's supposed to represent. Although he doesn't completely (laughs) totally represent that really. Um, (laughs) They try to make that, but I knew a lot of people (laughs) who were grunge in high school and they didn't really look like that necessarily. It's like, like wonder bread grunge. (laughs) Yeah. 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 They, they were, they much more looked like Travis in a lot of ways. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So let's go around and just talk about Josh a little bit and then we'll get into Cher and Josh and their relationships. So Carla, what are your thoughts on Josh? Well, I'm very happy to talk about Paul Rudd and therefore <laughs> Josh. So we can go on about this for as long as you'd like, <laughs> but my personal, um, so for me, like I said, you know, 
uh, one of the, the reasons that I was uh, okay with, with enjoying the movie and everything was because Paul Rudd was in it. And um, I think that may have been the first time that I saw Paul Rudd in anything. And I was just like instantly smitten. I mean, he's, he's just very cute. Um, just seems like a, um, and I mean, certainly it's the character. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know if it was just, if it was just the acting or not, but he just seems like a down to earth kind of guy. Um, and um, again, very cute, <laughs> super cute. Oh my gosh. So adorable. Um, was he cute? I thought that, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you know what, you know, I hadn't thought about it, but now that you mention yes. it, he might have been cute. I'm glad that you brought that to my attention. I have completely <laughs> um, but it, I, you know, I was what uh, 15, 16 when the movie came out. So, and I went to a um, a Catholic school where, you know, it, it was just very, to my mind, it was a very quiet and whatever school. Turns out that it was completely not, and I didn't find that out until my high school reunions. And it's just, it turns out that I was just very sheltered. <laughs> so regardless of what you probably would have noticed, people like Josh, mm-hmm. um, he he was, uh, I guess in his own way, kind of edgy for, <laughs> for the crowd mm-hmm. um, because he, he talked about very serious topics and he, he liked to be um, up on the world events and everything. And that wasn't really my high school experience. I didn't know a lot of college college age people, so I didn't know that's what college age people were like. Like I fully expected when I went to college that I would suddenly care about the news and you know. <laughs> and let me tell you, that did not kick in until my thirty. So, haha, you were wrong, clueless. I couldn't have cared less about anything going on in the world in my twenties and my late teens. So, um, <laughs> But I, I did admire that about the character, Josh, that he, uh, at the time, it just seemed like he was very interesting because he was interested in people and in uh, making sure that everybody was okay. He was a good guy because even though, you know, Cher was this annoying person, he still drove out all the way to the valley to pick her up of all places. And he still danced with Ty after she fell and embarrassed herself and uh he just seemed like like a like a cool guy now ah okay are we talking now about sharon josh no no we'll we'll talk about them right (laughs) i I know you're about to go yeah yeah i'm gonna put a pause (laughs) and yeah josh and therefore uh, paul rudd and therefore josh very cute (laughs) very cute (laughs) Yes, yes. Carla, Carla liked Paul Rudd. <laughs> yes, you can do that. Yes, yes. And Sarah, what are your uh, thoughts on Josh and yeah, Paul Rudd? Yeah, his character, and, I, and I'm coming from a lesbian perspective, he looked very cookie-cutter <laughs> boy to me. Uh, very boy next mm-hmm. door, like a dime a dozen type of guy. But as as his character came out, and the way that I interpret his character is that he is... Not just down to earth, but he just does not suffer fools. He spent too much of his time being drunk at parties and doing stupid things, which is where Cher's character is at. Mm-hmm. So I think he understands where she's at, but she, he also really doesn't want to deal with her crap either. And so I think mm-hmm. 
I think he just kind of comes from a place where I've been in your shoes, almost like a, a, a place of compassion. Like I've been in your shoes. I know what it's like. It sucks. High school sucks. All that world kind of sucks in various ways, but it also has those beautiful moments. And I think what he brings to those situations is the beautiful moments that are supposed to be seen throughout high school and, and those moments of just mm -hmm. small moments of care really mm -hmm. where he he is putting that you know it's inconvenient for me to go drive and pick you up but i also understand that you wouldn't ask me unless it was really genuinely necessary so um people that that in characters that know how to show up for other people despite what they think about the situation those people tend to be more genuine and so that's that's what I liked about his character he seemed more like he was trying to become the man he wanted to become instead of mm -hmm. what high school and society and his parents have taught him to be based on the circumstances yeah. so and you know that, that's a very interesting point I had never thought of it that way with Josh I mean he was just the cute guy that they put there for me to <laughs> enjoy the movie. <laughs> but but now that, that that you when you when you mentioned that you know like he had already gone through his high school phase and was maybe just um, in his own way patiently sympathetic of Cher and her experience, I it had never occurred to me because again, <laughs> blinded by the Paul, blinded by the Paul. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and I think Josh, um, I remember when I first saw the movie, and I didn't really like the character that much in the beginning. I was kind of like, oh, he's just kind of an annoying brother type, and he's posing as this very um, ahead of every, or above everybody, and he, you know, is looking down on them. And, and that was probably coming from the perspective of someone who's in <laughs> high school. So I was thinking, okay, okay, we get it. You're better than us, whatever. Um, but like I said, and I think they were trying to make him grunge and he wasn't at all. That's not, I mean, at least in my mind, except for maybe some of the stuff he was listening to, but even that wasn't really grunge. Um, <laughs> and, and I think, but I think now watching it in through adult eyes, you do see that, that he is more, he's the person that's, he's not, he's still, you know, he's still growing cause he's not quite, I'm sure he's in his I don't know if they ever say how old he is in the movie. Do they say how old he is in the movie? I think he's got to be like no, probably maybe. 20 or something would be my guess or 21 or something. I figured like 19. 19. Okay. <laughs> um, well, you know, he's still a teenager, basically. I mean, he's an adult, but he's still a little bit of a teenager. So even though he's grown a lot and he's a lot more mature than the high school kids, um, he still has a little bit of that insecurity in there, I think, especially when it comes to um, Cher's dad. I think she, he really looks up to Cher's dad um, and really wants to make him proud. Um, you can kind of tell that in his interactions. And it seems like he's more comfortable there than in his own home life. Um, and I won't, I mean, this isn't like a deep, deep movie. So <laughs> like, it's like from a broken home or something, but you know, the sequel's going to be Josh reimagined. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but 
you know, he does mention that his mom got divorced again or then and then married another guy. And so, you know, you don't know if maybe that's part of the reason that he seems to avoid that and wants to go back to this place. Um, but he also takes what Cher says and what Cher thinks to heart. Like there's a whole scene where she's talking about his where he's trying to grow the goatee and she's making fun of him for it. And he kind of, you know, was like, whatever, when she's there. But then when she leaves, you can see that there's that insecurity there um, with him, you know, and especially watching him watch her with other guys or anything where it seems like she's looking down on him when she's not watching. You can see that it affects him. So I I thought that was interesting with his performance. And yeah, Paul Rudd is is attractive and he never (laughs) ages. It's incredible. He looks exactly the same. I don't know what that's about, but he looks exactly <laughs> the same. Um, but yeah, he's 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 a family favorite. He's like one of those that my mom and my sister and I we all love him. So he's one of those guys. Um, um I I forgot. I wanted to mention something, and, and uh-huh. you mentioned that that um, the Josh just he's uh, imitating what an adult <laughs> should probably. <laughs> think and act like and stuff mm-hmm. um and in my teens that never occurred to me just because you know I was younger than than uh like most of the characters so to me it, it's just like oh you know it's just revelatory like oh my gosh like this guy he's so <laughs> mature and, <laughs> yeah and because he's older mm-hmm. I mean like I, I was you know I was like 15 or 16 but as an adult watching the movie again you really do get that sense that 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 he's uh that he's posturing he, mm-hmm. he's trying on the role of adulthood and um it, it's endearing because Cher sees right through that yeah and he really desperately just wants to be taken seriously and uh I don't know like it, it, it's uh I just wanted to bring that up because I, I just it's something that um I rewatched the movie a couple nights ago mm-hmm. and it was really you know in the forefront of my mind that look at this cute little thing acting like he knows what he's talking about <laughs> yep yep and I think a lot of us do that when we get to that point because even though you know we're quote-unquote adults we still aren't quite to that point yet it's a very weird time it's like you're going to that point where depending on where you are what you do after high school or you know you're you're it's the first time you're kind of on your own you're independent and you're responsible for your own schedule of eating which I mean you are sort of as a teenager too but you know what I mean it's like you're real you're relying on yourself to make those decisions so you're kind of trying to figure out how you fit in that adult world um and what those what those steps are so you're not quite an adult but you're not a kid and you're not a teenager so it's yeah it's a very weird um point in life and it just all depends on what you do you know I know you know I moved out like two months after I graduated high school so yeah and and I didn't go straight to college so you know it was a little bit different but but I had a lot of college friends but it was that kind of thing if you're learning you know (laughs) what it's like to be an independent person what it's like to be responsible for bills (laughs) You know, like electric bills, like those kind of bills, not just, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I just always think of of the way people carry their keys because (laughs) I know that, you know, my teenage friends, when they were, you know, getting cars and Mm -hmm. or being able to drive the parents' car, like they would walk with the keys kind of jangling and like they're just talking and it's jangling (laughs) in your face and everything. And as adults, like 
case or just a frustration that you have to deal with in order to get in and out of places. So you like mm -hmm. stash them in your pocket and you know, if you have to have them in your hand, I know I try to keep them quiet. Cause like I have like a jailer set where I have keys to like everybody's <laughs> house. And so it's this gigantic bulky thing and I'm just constantly trying to keep it quiet. Yeah. But it, it is like that, you know, like, Oh, I have keys now. I'm so responsible and mature. <laughs> and, and so like, I, I know that my friends and I, I, I always remember kind of giggling as they're walking with their keys in their hands and like, you know, a bottle of water <laughs> and their purse and everything. It's like, just put your keys in your purse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I wouldn't know the key thing. That's interesting. Yeah, because it's true. <laughs> I never thought about that. But yeah, that's true. Okay, well, let's get into uh, Josh's relationship with Cher. Um, and before you guys talk about it, and I know Carla's got a lot to say about this, so, um, I did do a poll on this to see if people shipped them, if people wanted them together. And all the answers were pretty close together. Um, I said yes, uh, yes with reservations or no too icky and yes, but with reservations one. Um, and second place was no too icky. So yeah. <laughs> So I think everybody kind of had a little bit of that ick factor. Not every single person who voted voted that way, but it seemed like that was kind of a consensus consensus there whether or not you shipped them. Um, so Carla, what are your thoughts on Cher and Josh? <laughs> I am so happy to share my thoughts on this. She's jealous. I've been waiting my whole life to be asked. <laughs> so there's some jealous <laughs> rage going on. I want to. I'm going <laughs> to preface it by saying. That yes, of course, I was jealous. <laughs> jealous that somebody else was kissing my Paul Rudd on screen. How dare her! Oh, like the nerve! But yeah. <laughs> I will never be over that. Okay, um, but just you know, whether as a teenager or as an adult now, I did not like the idea of the pairing of Sharon and Josh because. Yes, you know, th their parents were married very briefly, apparently, but they were, uh, to some degree, you know, siblings of a sort. And to me, like, th that's one big factor thing. And um, the fact, you know, you have Cher calling him a, a like a, no, not, it wasn't Cher. It was Josh who was saying, you know, like I'm like a, the big brother type or mm -hmm. Mel saying your brother's coming and um, you, you don't divorce. You divorce spouses, not children. So it, it, that says to me that they, they'd have a family dynamic where there was like a sibling relationship established. Now, I know they're not related by blood. The parents were not married for very long and all of that. But that still is icky to me. And the other thing is that, yeah, I think Josh was like 19 um, and that's only, you know, if, and that's on the young age, of the, the young part of the spectrum mm -hmm. of where people think Josh is, but Cher's 16 and yeah, it's not unusual for, it's not unusual, it's not unusual <laughs> for, <laughs> for, um, uh, for college kids to have relationships with older high school kids but I don't know it, it's still a little icky because she's 16 she's still 
not really and she wasn't even particularly mature 16 mm-hmm. where you could be like well you know she she has had all of this life experience and whatever <laughs> no she's a pretty immature girl throughout the yeah. movie even after she's done her growing up and he even though like i said he's still this kid trying on the adult suit it just still uh gives me pause to think that they are being paired up it, it, mm-hmm. it, there's it, it's kind of unequal and odd in that sense so again you know back then even now i acknowledge that it's a cute pairing I acknowledge mm-hmm. that that they um, make romantic comedy sense, but it still gives <laughs> me the icks when I I see them together. Yeah. Oh. Um, and Sarah, I'm, what are your thoughts? I kind of call on my own experience, and so um, I've dated thirty-four-year-olds when I was seventeen. I've dated nineteen-year-olds when I was fourteen. I've I've dated a full spectrum of different age groups throughout my whole life. And even mm-hmm. though I, I, I understand that there's a dynamic of legality and, and the ick factor, but teenagers are going to do what teenagers want to do, period. Obviously, I did. So um, even though it makes me personally uncomfortable, it's not something that I would choose to do now with what I know and what my experience has been. It, the um, the marital dynamics and the family dynamics, I really, they may have not even been around each other. They may have only just seen each other at the wedding and that was it, you know? So they probably, don't, they may or may not, have, we don't know the whole story behind their history. So I, it's, mm-hmm. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be, not giving them the benefit of the doubt if I was judging them for trying to have a relationship. And I don't even imagine that that relationship would even last longer than maybe a couple, a couple of months, you know, it's, it's, it's not like a long term. Yeah. Oh, I found the love of my life. No, it's, I, I think it's more of like, I, you, you end up dating people that help you grow in a particular way. And that's why we go from partner to partner throughout mm-hmm. our life journey. And we land on the one that creates the most growth, hopefully, and um, cultivates amazing things in who we are. And so I think what she saw in him was her opportunity to grow even further. But he also was able to see the beauty and being in the moment and being not naive, but like, being hopeful of like bright-eyed like experience of life we're like wow this is happening it's amazing it's it's exciting so they kind of gave something to each other in Mm -hmm. different ways and so it it kind of it, it brought something new to share but it reminded something for him if that makes sense Mm yeah yeah no, that does. That does. Yeah. And um, before I get completely into my feelings <laughs> on them, because I have very different feelings than I think most people do on here, um, I will say that I remember when I was in high school, I went to a very different kind of high school. I went to an alternative high school that was really focused on arts um, and it was really small. And you called your teachers by their first names. And we had like couches in some of the classrooms. And so it's a very different kind of high school. 
Um, and we would have people that had graduated high school like a year or two after, and they would still be coming around and hanging out. And then we also would know guy, know people that were in their twenties that would hang out with us. When I was a teenager, I thought, this is so cool. These 20 year olds are hanging out with us as an adult. I found it very weird because I was like, I could not imagine hanging out with 15, 16 year olds in my twenties. It just didn't seem, I don't know. It seemed kind of weird. I mean, I would know people a couple of years younger, but I don't know, hanging out at a high school or actually hanging out on the grounds of a high school <laughs> seemed weird to me when I got older. Yeah. Um, and we also had another example is we had a um, substitute teacher that would come in and he was, he had just graduated college or something like that. And he was gorgeous. And a lot of us had a crush on him and he was very friendly with us and nice, nice with us. And I think he actually ended up, if I remember correctly, dating one of the students. And at the time that was like, oh, that's so cool. Now it's like, oh, that's kind of icky. <laughs> that's <laughs> kind of wrong. So it's, you know, it's, it's this very interesting thing of coming at it from that point of view, from when you're a teenager, as opposed to when you get to be the age right. of those people that were doing that. Um, but <laughs> all that being said, I loved Sharon Josh. <laughs> and I know there was ickiness there. I know there was an ick factor. I know there was an eight difference, but I loved them together. And I was very excited when they kissed and they end. And, and, and I still, even as an adult, when I watched it, I was like, I know this is wrong. I know this. There's some ick factors to this. I know that they basically grew up like step siblings or whatever. I mean, but, but like you said, Sarah, we have no idea what the relationship really was like when the two were married. But I still just really like them together because, I don't know, they just kind of <laughs> check off some boxes for me. They, you know, they had a little bit of that hate turned to love thing, which I love <laughs> a lot. Um, and they bickered, but there was always that sexual tension under there. And I don't know. And I thought he was really sweet to her and she was, she learned a lot from him and he learned a little bit from her and I don't know. So I was, I was a sucker for it. Um, and I actually, to be honest, when I was younger, I didn't really see what was so wrong with it. And later when people were saying that it was a problematic pairing I was like why and then they explained <laughs> like oh yeah they were kind of stuff <laughs> I don't know why it didn't really compute in my brain that they were not really biologically related but they had you know I had a moment in time when they were related by marriage so yeah yeah so I, I can kind of see it but I but I rooted for them I wanted them to be together and I was you know I really was glad when um she didn't end up with anybody else and it was going to be Josh and I loved the wedding and I loved that she got the bouquet and in my mind I'm like oh they're going to be together forever <laughs> in my teen mind as an adult I'm like yeah, like you were saying, it'll probably be a couple months so. <laughs> and then they'll be done or Josh would probably be like, okay, you're too young. I got to leave. And can bear after they kiss and she's just like hopping around like a bunny while they're yeah, that's true. Been like, you know what? I just realized it's not going to work for me. <laughs> yeah, that, that always was funny to me. She's just so <laughs> like, I don't know what that was about, but <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, let's get into the other supporting characters. Um, like I said, I did a poll with the female characters, and Ty won that one, hands down. Um, and then for um, the male characters, let me just go back and look to make sure that I am getting this correctly. Because um, the male characters, I had Elton, 
which Elton didn't get a single vote. <laughs> I would have been kind of shocked if he did, because, yeah. I mean, come on, he's kind of a jerk. Um, Christian, Murray, and then Travis. And Travis won, hands down. Um, the other two got, like, a couple of votes, but um, Travis won that one on um, on Twitter. So, yeah. And then I want to just say, I just realized that I said that the actress who plays Ty, which course was Brittany Murphy and Brittany Murphy sadly passed away I said that that person became a Trump supporter I'm sorry I meant to say Dion because Stacey Dash is the one who is uh she's so annoying but she's the one who's the extreme right-wing person now yeah um so I want to correct that so I'm sorry I didn't mean to at all tarnish Brittany Murphy's (laughs) memory or legacy or anything there so just want to throw that in there so I want to go around and just see who everybody's favorite supporting character is and we're going to talk a little bit about Brittany Murphy as well but if Ty is your favorite definitely mention her and then just sort of your thoughts on them in general um start with you carla kai absolutely is my favorite supporting character in this movie she you know just she comes from a a whole different place and by um by standard definition she's like the least innocent of the group but she actually is the most innocent one because she she's uh she doesn't seem to, uh, I guess, look too deeply into people's motives for, mm-hmm. you know, for why they're doing what they're doing. She's just um, out there trying to be friendly and, and trying to make pals and make the best of this situation where she's in this new school. Everything is so different and just very open to whatever her new friends are, um, are about and trying to adapt to that. Um, and yeah, I mean, you could kind of say that she abandons herself in that, but it's, it's kind of hard to make an argument that somebody who, who is new to a whole area of the country and particularly to a new school in your probably junior year mm-hmm. would want to try to fit in as best as they could. So yeah, I, I get that she stops, you know, um, being whoever she was. But I think it makes perfect sense for a 16-year-old to just want to do whatever the kids who embraced her are telling her to do. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as far as other supporting characters, and I, I mean, I, th- this this show, this movie is filled with like really amazing people. Um, you have Donald Faison, who of course goes on to do Scrubs as mm-hmm. Murray, and he's so funny. And just so goofy in this movie. I just absolutely love him. Um, and uh, Stacey Dash, who, you know, has grown up to be. <laughs> um, but Dion was, uh, I wasn't a big fan of Dion's just because she seemed just really self-centered in a way mm-hmm. that Cher was. And because Cher was self-centered, but she was also a very caring person. Um, and Dion was caring when it suited her. Um, and I also didn't like that after um, Ty suddenly becomes a popular person and they're all sitting at the table and then Cher comes in and, and sits down and she's trying to talk. And then mm-hmm. you know, there's a conversation back to Ty. Like, what kind of loyalty is that? You know, like, who is your best friend here? And I also yeah. didn't like all of her hats. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I, I loved Christian. I thought he was adorable. Now, let me just tell you something that I had no idea 
what the whole thing was with him because you know when um when they're driving on, on the on the road and um Murray is explaining to share why Christian will never be mm-hmm. I it just completely went over my head I did, it did not register it did not make any sense you know like this is a complete product of me again sheltered and mm-hmm. school where I had no idea that the whole thing was that he's gay like I just had I just thought well, he's just not into her I guess like <laughs> What's with all these names? I don't understand any of this. And of course, it's not until like much later that I'm like, oh, now I understand. But um, so if anything, there's a lesson to not, um, uh, I guess, shield your kids from from sexualities because Mm -hmm. they're very confused adults and nobody should be confused about why Christian didn't like Cher. That's just ridiculous. Um, but I thought Christian was great because he he opened up shared to this uh, new world of, of you know different music, different different places to hang out, um, different approaches to uh, the things that she's used to. So just like Ty, he's bringing something new to the table and opening her eyes a little bit more. Um, and oh my gosh, like seriously, like you have Wallace Shawn, who of course was in Princess Bride. And I just, you, you can't <laughs> not love him for that. <laughs> and Clueless came out the same year, if not like mm-hmm. a, maybe a couple of years apart. So good on Wallace, Sean. Um, <laughs> and of course, I have to point out at least Donovan and then Hedaya because they were both in, in A Night at the Roxbury. And- oh, that's how it's going to come in. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> they were both in A Night at the Roxbury. Um, Elisa Donovan played one of the, the love interests and Dan Hedaya has apparently mm-hmm. cornered the market on gruff but loving dads because he was also that in another the Roxbury and I thought it was very cute the way that, that he's resisting Cher's attempts to to coddle him because he's mm-hmm. like he's busy and he has things to do and get out of my way but <laughs> still, you know like he, he still has like, all of this softness for her and loves her so very much and you can tell and he has such a big heart that you know this grown-up not child who whose mother he was married to briefly is like hey can i come and live with you for a few months and he's like yeah sure mm-hmm. you know so, so, so that that's a loving person mm-hmm. and and um yeah that's where i'm gonna end it because uh <laughs> i brought my night to watch everything and that's really like <laughs> And then, um, Sarah, um, your thoughts my, on the supporting player was definitely Ty, as because um, I've I've been her, I've been her, not to the point where I was the most popular kid in the room, but I remember in junior high and high school, I wanted to be popular so bad, I wanted to be included so bad that I completely changed my entire wardrobe. I started wearing dresses to school. I had the regular '90s bob going on. And I really wanted to be like one of the popular girls. And it was the most awkward, uncomfortable version of myself I've ever had in my entire life. And so I I can relate to that intense dedication to just be um, accepted and that, that willingness to lose your sense of self just to get that validation from other people. And I'm, I'm grateful that I learned really quickly that that was not what I wanted. That was not where I was comfortable. 
I, did, I felt so awkward in my own skin during that time. And so um, for her, she represented me in some ways. Um, but the uh, evolution of her character and how she got really into it, and you can almost like feel the underlying tension that she was betraying who she was to be accepted. Like I felt that. So it was just like this, that's mm -hmm. probably the most ick factor that I felt throughout the whole movie <laughs> is that denying yourself yeah. your own identity and being okay with where you're at. And of course in high school, that's the most difficult, awkward, uncomfortable thing you could ever do. Um, mm -hmm. So Dion's character, she, I think she was kind of that additional comic relief in, in partnership with Cher. Like that was the extent of how dumb Cher could get. And, you know, it, and I'm going off of pure memory here, but um, I kind of find found Travis's character a little bit endearing. He was dorky and awkward and just really was just authentically mm -hmm. trying to do his best. And just, he's just clumsy. And that's just how a majority of teenage boys are. Usually they're about 35. Yeah. And so I found that very endearing because it was authentic and it was true to who he was. And he wasn't going to like, he was, he was putting up with a lot of shit during that whole entire movie. And so mm -hmm. I, I liked his character mm -hmm. for that reason that he was just like, you know, what? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm dedicated. I'm just going to keep going. I'm, I really like these people. And, <laughs> just want to be me and be seen and um so yeah i liked him and then christian i totally forgot about him as a character but yeah he's like the total totally <laughs> poster child gay boy version of a best friend that everybody wishes they had in high school so Cher had a gem she had no idea what she mm -hmm. had man Man, when I, I had exactly. in high school, but oh, oh my gosh, they were not as fabulous as Christian was. And that's the gay friend that you ultimately wish mm -hmm. you had. Like, these are what straight girls die for, you know? <laughs> when, you know, the ones that run up to gay boys at Pride <laughs> and like, true. can I be your bag hag? You know, it's like, they're like fan oh session of, of the gay community in that way. So, um, he was that icon, but he was totally comfortable with who he was in his own skin. And he was, even though he didn't seem like he was very out, but, and Cher was very clueless to it, but she liked his presence. She liked yeah. his, his addition to her um, whole facade of who she was. One thing that was interesting about him, just sorry to interrupt, but there was, um, and again, I totally missed all of this, but there was a moment as he's leaving her house when she's trying to seduce him where he, you know he's like are we cool and he just seems like really sad you know like from mm -hmm. the moment that she like falls off the bed and she keeps trying to to <laughs> and, and he, he just you know he, he just gets up because I, I i guess like that's when he gets clued into the fact that she's trying to do something more than friendship and he's mm -hmm. so dejected and it really, it hurt my heart for him. And again, that's something that I just zoned completely out of until I was a grown up and I understood more about who Christian was. 
Yeah, I think what, mm -hmm. what we've kind of really captured with a lot of these characters is that they really just want to be seen. They want to be heard and be authentic and be valued for that authenticity. And you know, a lot of them are aware of what they, to yeah. some extent, of how they want to be acknowledged for who, who they are as a person. And Cher just really is <laughs> just a little slow to the game. <laughs> yeah, and um, I think... Ty and Travis would be kind of tied for me for the favorite characters because they were much yep. more like people I hung out in high school with <laughs> a lot more. Yeah. I did not hang out with people like Dion. Those people would have turned their back on me in about two seconds. <laughs> um, so it was much more Ty and Travis. Those were the people I hung out with. And, and Travis was so, so sweet. I mean, those, the, you know, just him trying so hard to connect with Ty because he liked her so much from the get-go. Mm -hmm. And then that whole part in the party where he's, like, trying to help her when she bumps her head and or when the shoe hits her head. And Cher's just like, no, no, we've got this. We've got this. Oh. And his the dejection, you know, on his face. And then the time when, when Ty kind of says, no, you can't sit with us or, or go go sit there with all the stoner losers, you know. Um, he was being really gross there. Well, yeah, but, but still. Oh, sorry, like that, that still, part where I, I always have to look away because I'm like, I cannot. Yeah, well, it was gross, but still just the way, you know, she did that to him. And then what was so what was so sweet about him is that whole scene where he's donating you know, all his bombs. <laughs> he's, he's donating all his stuff and he apologizes to share for the shoes he ruined that she doesn't even remember. And just mm -hmm. so how how genuine that was, and yeah, he was he was a really such a good guy. He's one of those that you know you were really rooting for. At least I was the whole time. Um, and um, I just want to say, really, I mean, Elton was a horrible, awful guy, but I've always loved Jeremy Sisto. <laughs> so I'm a big, and he briefly, very briefly, followed me on Twitter. So I was like, oh God, I hope I didn't do anything to you know and then he stopped following yeah, me. I have no idea what I did to make him not <laughs> I know he probably just cleared out who he was following but it's still <laughs> it was still cool for a while to have him follow me um and I want to say something really um interesting that I read when I was reading the trivia is Paul Rudd had auditioned for Elton and um, Mur and he auditioned for Murray and he auditioned for Murray because he thought Murray was a white person pretending that they were black. <laughs> so that's what he auditioned. That would have been hilarious. Thought, oh, this is just some see. white kid trying to pretend like that. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so I just thought that was interesting because and Murray was so funny and even though Dion, you know, was kind of a a bitch in a lot of ways. Um, their relationship was, it would have been probably annoying to yeah. be their friend and to be in the middle of it, but they were so funny and amusing. And I've known people like that when I was in high school, I knew people that were in relationships like that, where they'd be fighting and breaking up and all this stuff, but they really, really were loved each other. It probably <laughs> wasn't the healthiest relationship in the world, but it kind of reminded me of that. And the scene where she accidentally gets on the highway yeah. <laughs> and he's trying to get her off and they're just freaking out about being on the highway just cracked me up and then of course you know that's what that's how, that's why she loses her virginity <laughs> it's because she saw her life flashing before her eyes kind of thing they both did so yeah, I thought that was funny and then I was that hag I have always I you know especially in my 20s right. and when I was in high school 
And um, we and um, I did have a gay friend in high school who was sort of like Christian. So when I was watching this, I was like, yeah, right from the get go, I'm like, Cher, he's gay, Cher, he's gay. <laughs> I was like, I've, I've had this friend before. So, um, yes, I, I liked Christian being in there. Um, and I did like that, you know, you could tell he probably wasn't completely out but at the same time, he seemed like he was getting a little bit more comfortable with it. Like the fact that at the party, he was openly hitting on other on men there. And, you know, so that that was kind of cool to see. I mean, I thought he was what? just having a conversation. I just thought like, you know, of course, Cher's being cool. He's just talking to people there again. This is why kids need to not be sheltered. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're going on a whole thing about this because they don't, you know, they don't get to explore who they are, but they also don't get to acknowledge who their friends are. But that's a event for another day. Well, and I just want to touch a little bit on Brittany Murphy because, like I said, she sadly passed away. Um, and now I, I was right on her page like to see when she passed time. away. Um, so it wasn't that. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. December 20th, 2009. She was only 32. Um, so I just want to touch on her a little bit and her performance in here. I know we're kind of running out of time, so we won't be able to touch on it too much. But I don't know if anyone wants to. We've already kind of raved about Ty already, but uh, maybe just her performance in that and um, her as an actress in general. Um, what are your brief thoughts on Brittany Murphy? Yeah, I, I fell in love with Brittany Murphy this movie and and everything that she was in well not everything but whenever i would see her name on a on a cast list i was so happy for her because she just seemed like somebody mm-hmm. who deserved it she just seemed like a genuinely nice person and you know her, she could really sing like sing 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 you, you have mm-hmm. that, that little moment when she sings rolling with my yeah. homies <laughs> like oh my gosh and even just that little bit it's impressive. There was some, um, like a sketch thing that somebody did at, at an award show once where she sang. I, I forget if it's like Oscars or something uh-huh. like that, or maybe the, the Emmys. But wow, it was amazing. And it, it's just uh, so sad that she wasn't with us much longer than 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 she was. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I think as far as her, her legacy, at least as far as this movie goes, it's hope for kids who feel displaced and who feel out of place where they are, that um, that in the end, you are just, you're going to be fine if you're just yourself. That, you know, it, it's completely understandable that you want to modify who you are to fit your surroundings, but in the end, it all comes back to who you are and who you feel like inside. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just she uh, she played Ty just so it, as such a sweet kid. I, I I think you really can't help falling in love with the character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Sarah. Yeah, her as an actress, I think she she could have gone on to amazing things for sure. I would have loved to have seen what kind of roles she would have been in. But her, she had 
seem to have such a presence of just authentic version of the and she was not afraid to just be comfortable being uncomfortable essentially and just kind of yeah i don't know anything about her singing background or anything like that but um i i think that mm -hmm. movie is like eight mile when she was on there with eminem like she you could tell that she has yeah. depth to her character and acting abilities that she had not really fully tapped into but we just caught a glimpse of it just a little bit in clueless and hopefully that was enough to move her in the right direction and just looking at her uh, pro profile things that she has done like she's done some cool movies and characters that i didn't even realize she was on but uh, and a lot of different interactions in the creative <laughs> world so definitely an artist that is mm -hmm. missed for sure and it's and it's sad you know what hollywood I think, can do to a lot of people and a lot of young yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah and young women and yeah and she was mm -hmm. really good in um girl interrupted as well so i mentioned that movie really quickly so yeah that was a really powerful movie a very personal movie so um, yeah, and she was she was pretty incredible in that one, and Eight Mile too. Eight yeah, Mile. I'd almost, yeah. I had almost forgotten about Eight Mile until you said that one. So yeah, it's always amazing. I mean, it's got to be really hard to grow up yeah. under the spotlight like that um, to be judged, you know, when you're young and growing up and you're already dealing with so much. So yeah, I just wanted to make sure we mentioned her a little bit. Um, okay, and then I, well, we're kind of running out of time, so we probably won't really be able to touch on this too much. Um, but of course, the music, the fashion, and the lingo, probably yeah. <laughs> above all else, had a lasting impact. Like I said, we used to do whatever all the oh time with the <laughs> W, with doing the hands as a W, like Amber did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but did you guys also say the lingo a lot? Did you? I, okay, again. She was sheltered. I was also very. Um, snobby about some things and one of the things was I did not want to pick up lingo from just anywhere so I made it a point to not pick up lingo from movies and things like that so it did not rub off on me simply because I was just mm -hmm. too good for that in my own mind <laughs> um, I, I'm telling you like I was a piece of work when I was 16 but um, the the music not so much I, I enjoy, I, I love listening to it in the movie. It's not my, my kind of thing, especially because, you know, that was my um, Metallica, Bon Jovi <laughs> era. And so this didn't really fit in, <laughs> in with that. Um, the fashion was completely inaccessible to me. So it didn't really, um, I, I, I it was kind of aspirational to me, put it that way, because I thought it was super cute. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that some of the outfits were amazing, like like the the red the, the kind of like dark red dress that Cher wears to um, <clears throat> school one day as they're, they're walking down. Um, I was in love with that dress, but um, and what else? There were a couple of other outfits that that they wore that I was just like, oh my gosh, if only. But I I knew that it, that I couldn't pull them off. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, well, clearly. 
I'm just gonna stay with my flamingo t-shirts and my um, oversized stonewashed jeans instead. <laughs> but I, I did see a lot of people picking up on the lingo and and you know the music, not so much the fashion because. I don't know, like nobody was outrageous like that. And also everybody wore uniforms in my school. So <laughs> there wasn't really a chance to appreciate that on the <laughs> hallway runway. Um, but, but the way that, that, that where I think it had the most influence in my, in my immediate circle and, and, um, and life, I guess, was in, in seeing a lot of kids just, uh, I guess trying to be better people and doing it cluelessly. Kind of to share, and you know, like they see that as tremendous growth. That like she um, she starts organizing all these things. And some people wanted to be share, and so they they would do their best to do it in their own way, and kind of you know where, where she misses the mark, they miss the whole board. <laughs> So it, it was cute, but it was yeah, like, oh, cute. sweetheart, don't fight. Because I have like Yeah, pretty much. Yes. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the lingo <laughs> that Sarah. stuck around in high school around that time for me was the whatever thing. And of course, that adapted even deeper to like lunar, loser, loner, wannabe, whatever. Um, God, people were mean to each other. I grew up in a very rich Mormon school, and I was the poor girl, so I was definitely always the outcast, and so it was easy for me to be like, you know, that's not nice. I don't like doing that. I, I don't like being put down, so I'm not going to put other people down. Um, so that really did not resonate with me at all. I didn't mm -hmm. enjoy that language toward other people. I mean, it'd be one thing if you're joking around with just your friend, but like, People is a genre. Um, no. Um, the clothing, there was nothing really that picked up at all for Utah when it came to the clothing. Um, we were, I think we were still wearing <laughs> socks with sandals and um, <laughs> shorts year round and like all of our name brand t-shirts and stuff. So um I definitely was not in the fashion at that point. I think that's when I switched over to being a, either a skater or a goth or with cycling back around to both at some point or another. So mm -hmm. fashion was never really my forte or anything that I wanted to jump on the bandwagon with. And yeah, I didn't really see it pick up with anyone there either. Oh, the music? Oh, and the, the music was the music at all anything? You... Typical 90s music. Like, I, I still listen to some of the artists and songs from that, that soundtrack. Not on purpose, but just because they were formative music for, for junior high and high school. You know, you have, you can always go back to that time period of music. At least I can. And I have nothing but good memories from that music. Because that was the music that got me through that whole high school existence. And so that music tended to be an anchor for me. 
Music is number one in my heart. That's, you know, what gets me through things, what I love. And what was interesting in this one was uh, the, you know, that they had that very, the mighty, mighty Boston's or the mighty Boston's that were on there. Is that what they're, oh, you know, yeah. the, the mighty, band's mighty actually, in yes. Yeah. And that just to me is pure nineties. Like it's kind of, it's kind of their ska, but it's also kind of leaning into when swing music came back. It kind of reminds me of that too. When yeah. Right. They come back in the nineties. So yeah, I liked a lot of the songs. Um, and I also liked some of the 80s songs that they mixed in there, which fit with Amy Heckerling because, you know, she directed um, probably one of the most famous 80s movies, you know, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. So, yeah, so yeah. I thought that was that was very interesting. Okay, well, um, we could go on probably talk about a few other things from Clueless, but we're going to wrap up now. So I'm just going to have everybody go around and let me know where you can be found if you want to be found. And if you have anything you want to plug, I'll start with you, Carla. I can be found uh, pretty much everywhere at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Carla Temis. That's C-A-R-L-A-T-E-M-I-S. Also, my website is CarlaTemis.com. Come and find me in my photography. Awesome. And we'll link that again in the show notes. So as usual. And then Sarah. Yeah, you can find me on Facebook. Sarah, S-A-R-A-H-A-L-D-E-R is my last name. So find me on there. And that's pretty much the only platform I like to use. I don't want to be on 87,000 different social platforms. (laughs) Um, If you're looking to offer me a job, that's on LinkedIn. So (laughs) So go there. They go there. So that, that's pretty much all I got. Okay. Awesome. And then this is Erin. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at E April Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. Um, and if you would like to be interviewed on the show, or like I said, if you would like to be part of our Pride Month, um, you can reach out to us via email at it's a fandom thing pod, all one word at gmail.com. Or like I said, you can reach out via DM on Facebook. Um, you can also do that on Twitter as well, if you'd like to. And then next week, we're going to be switching far away from comedies. Um, and we're going to start off with discussing misogyny. And in particular, we're going to be discussing the abduction for love trope that is so common in a lot of sci-fi and action movies. So we're going to talk about that. And then the week after that, we're going to be talking about Dexter. So, yeah, far from comedy. So (laughs) we're done with our comedy. Love that show. (laughs) Yes, yes. So and that'll be another one where I'll be be talking about how much we loved it and then how it went off the rails in the last season. So... (laughs) So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.